Are you critically insane, have a lot of excess money, or even better, both? Then you can support this podcast by clicking on the ACAR support button. You can give as rarely and as little as you want, which, judging by the quality of this, I'm sure you're wanting to do. Volume 1, My Life as a Weapon, published by Marvel Comics on the 26th of March, 2013. This volume collects Hawkeye issues 1 to 5 and Young Avengers Presents, number 6. This is all written by Matt Fraction, with art by David Aja on Hawkeye issues 1 to 3, and Javier Polido on issues 4 and 5, with Matt Hollingsworth as the colourist and Chris Eliopoulos as the letterer. On Young Avengers Presents, Alan Davis is taking up penciling duties with inking by Mark Farmer and Paul Mounts, the colourist, and V.C. Corey Petit as the letterer. You may... I've written these notes by hand. On the previous issues, I've typed them, and well, I can tell you now, that was a mistake. My handwriting is small, and I haven't done any sort of reading out loud for quite a while. Um, yeah, I think everyone that sort of likes Marvel Comics has known about Fraction's acclaimed run on the uh, Arching Avenger, um, and so we're going to take a look at it today. I'd, before we begin, I want to mention something about the book, specifically the blurb. I'll read it to you word for word. The breakout star of Summer's blockbuster Avengers film... Clint Barton. Now, take cast yourself back to 2012. Avengers Assemble has just come out. You sit there and you watch it and you think, ah yes, Hawkeye, the standout star of that film. A film in which half of it, he's not really Hawkeye, he's possessed, and the other half, he is fine. But uh, let's just think about Hawkeye and Age of Ultron, shall we? That's much better. Um, I've modified the format slightly, just because I feel like in the previous all I've really been doing is recapping the book and then telling you whether it was good or not. And I don't really see the point of that because these are all old. <laughs> I haven't re- I haven't got any new trade paperbacks for you. If anything, then we're getting older. Um, so there's no point in me retelling you the story. You could just go look at comic historians videos for those I guess if you want so actually this is just my spouting about these books um, so yeah if anything, I'm just going to break them down issue by issue but not necessarily the plot and then uh, say something about art I guess or whether I thought it was good so moving on to issue number one Lucky Hawkeye a Clint Barton adventure um, a, that all being said, I am going to give you a tiny synopsis of the issue. Um, so, we begin with Hawkeye falling out of a window and landing on a car. Um, 
So he goes to the doctors, and returning home, he finds a landlord, a tracksuit sporting Russian man, going by the name of Ivan, and his goons evicting a mother and a child as they cannot pay the rent that he has just tripled. Then begins an adventure of casinos, fish fights, paying rent, and saving the day. Um, it's it's a good opening issue. You don't really need to know anything about Hawkeye. It looks nice. I'm going to talk about um, David Arch's work as we go along. But this is a great, you know, hit the ground running issue. And so Fraction and Arja used to work on the Immortal Iron Fist. And let's be honest, Danny Rand and Hawkeye don't really look that different. At least, especially here, they really don't. Um, but there's a reference to that. There's an excellent panel where there's a guy um, in the background. He's like, are you Danny Rand? I mean, it's a good first issue. Um, nothing particularly exciting to report. It's got a dog in it. People like dogs. Um, and that dog will uh, most likely be making an appearance in the forthcoming Disney Plus Hawkeye show. So that'll be good, wouldn't it? Everyone likes dogs. He says, not really liking dogs. Um, so we just move on to issue two, The Vagabond Code. A Clint Barton and Kate Bishop... Hawkeye Avenger sees the introduction of Kate Bishop, the young Avenger who uh, took up the mantle of Hawkeye whilst Clint was uh, off being a ninja. Um, a ninja by the name of Ronin. Um, so Clint gets to go to the circus where rich criminals, a la Tombstone, Kingpin, Madam Mask, are being robbed by the circus staff. Um, there's some lovely non traditional nine panel layouts in this issue um, there's um, a good at the beginning it sees Hawkeye practicing firing arrows um, and I really like the way so you've got sort of two sets here you've got Hawkeye firing his arrow that's one set of panels and then you've got Kate speaking and each letter is a different bit of her face as she spells out the word as if they're sort of signify time slowing around Hawkeye as he focuses on hitting the target. Um, there's some great action too. It sees the two Hawkeyes working together. Some great panels where Clint is tied up. He jumps and then Kate fires an arrow through his restraints. It's also amusing, at least to me, just quite how violent the two of them are. Um, Kate shoots an arrow through some people's eyes um, Kate shoots one arrow into the back of a guy's neck, a uh, a fellow swordmaster trainee, paralysing him. But it is noted that neither of them are dead. Um, that's made quite clear. I do think that this is my favourite issue of the, the five actual Hawkeye issues. Um, everything about it, the art is great, story is great. The interactions between Clint and Kate are great, and it really and it sets up a small mystery as to what is to come that isn't actually now thinking about it paid off in this volume. But there are many volumes to go, so uh, I'm sure it will be picked up on in that. I also like how each issue is given a title, not just issue one issue 2. It really makes it feel like each story is a self-contained 
mini adventure, which they are. You know, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's not just here is the next chapter of all guy. Um, so issue three, Cherry. Uh, who would have thought that going to buy, going out to buy some tapes would lead to such a mishap? Um, it's a series of nine dumb ideas that Clint has that takes the two Hawkeyes from a pleasant day in Clint's apartment to car chases, explosions, and a whole bunch of trick arrows. In fact, an incredible amount of trick arrows. Um, this is the last issue drawn by David Ayer. As I said, it's as excellent as ever. Um, it's also it's the most I'd say it's the most conventional in terms of panel layout um, I mean it's still far from a nine panel grid but it's definitely sort of sequen more sequential in terms of panel layout um, I do like there are sort of these one these offshoot like small panels just a picture of the trick arrow that each trick arrow the Hawkeye uses in I like that um, but it does contain the best, the best panel in the volume I mean I talked about Second ago, I liked the panels of Hawkeye getting uh, freed from restraints. Um, I'd say that's the best series of panels. Let's go with that. That's the best series of panels. But this is the best panel in the volume. A naked Hawkeye jumping over a bed with a classic Hawkeye mask covering his uh, unmentionables. Um, uh, if anyone plays video games and played Ninja Theory's DMC reboot, it's very much like that, where... The uh, you know where he uh, what's his name Dante is jumping through that caravan and he's naked and then clothes fall around him to save his modesty. It's pretty much exactly like that, but much better with a character more well liked than uh, that Dante from DMZ. Um, again, Matt Fraction delivers on witty banter between Clint and Kate. Um, it does make you wish that the MCU Hawkeye was much more like this. Um, I know it says in the back, on the on the blurb that Hawkeye was the breakout star, but I refuse to believe that. Um, I, mean, I don't want to talk too much about the MCU. That's not the point. But if any character has sort of been let down there, of the core of six Avengers, it's definitely poor old Clint Barton. He is much better in. Uh, Age of Ultron. Sadly, he's not in um, what's it, Affinity War, and then he's roaming in uh, Endgame. But alas, is what it is. You know, he's got a series coming up. It's bound to be good. Disney Plus, isn't it? I mean, Mandalorian. That wasn't disappointing at all, was it? <laughs> um, I'd like to say I know Hawkeye is known for wearing purple. But goodness me, do they own a lot of purple things. The two of them, between them, they own purple shirts, purple glasses, purple jumpsuits, and Kate even drives a purple VW Beetle. I, I get it, you know. I guess Clint really likes purple, and so does Kate. That must be something that bonds the two of them together. Their absolute adoration for purple. But, I mean, can they not... Do they not Oh, anything else of any other colours? The uh, the car which Clint is considering buying, admittedly, is more of a red. So maybe he's, he's deciding to branch out. Maybe that's one of the mistakes, one of the nine mistakes. 
That would make it a tenth mistake because the other nine mistakes outlined. There's a secret tenth mistake. He didn't buy a purple car and that's why it's all going wrong. Either that or all this uh, self-isolation has driven me insane and I'm just fixated on how much purple there is in Hawkeye Volume 1. My life is a weapon. Issues 4 and 5 are a two-part story um, involving a videotape of Clint Barton performing a government-slash-shield-sanctioned assassination on someone. It's not particularly made clear in uh, Issue 4 who this is, why this is. Um, it just is. Uh, this is the first drawn by Javier Polito. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. Far from it. It's just not David Arja and after having three issues of what I think is some of the best comic book art I've seen in a long time it just maybe that makes it stand out more I don't know but I also think maybe I'm not a Polito fan and I've never seen his art before until reading these two I don't know it just looks to me like David Arge's art but not as good um, primarily in the faces I think people look weird and there's a lot of close ups of people's faces stands out for me there's a close up of Kate Bishop and there's a close up of Captain America and both of them I just think look odd really quite odd maybe it's just me maybe I'm crazy but is what it is I guess you know it's my own opinion my podcast say what I want and nobody listens anyway so it doesn't really matter <laughs> I'm just yelling into the ether this whole podcast was really just a um, slight tangent was just to get me to actually read the comics I keep buying and sort of hold me accountable so that's what I'm doing reading reading them even though I've actually already read this before when I first bought it. But I own volume three. I own two and three and three I haven't read. I bought it back in December. So I I'll work my way through it. Um there's a cliffhanger at the end, like any good two issues story. It's quite obvious, at least to me. I mean I'm no detective but uh it didn't take me it it was quite obvious. It wasn't. I. It. It wasn't a shock. Put it that way. So what happens at the end? Um. I did get a chuckle out of it. Beyond the typical, like you know, the jokes that are said. Um. So, there's, it's mentioned that there's a Sobolski style restaurant. Obviously, CP Sobolski. Um. I did chuckle, but then in hindsight, it did also take me out of the story somewhat. I guess you know sure within the realms of possibility that on Earth 616 there's no such thing as a Michelin star and they are Sobolski stars but you know you could have chosen someone else's name maybe someone not so famous and it wouldn't be funny I guess but, well, yeah. some people like that sort of thing little in jokes I don't, I don't mind it again I didn't hate it I laughed at the time, but just thinking about it, it was like, oh, yeah, that sort of took me out of the story a tiny bit. Um, so, issue five, the tape, part two. Um, yeah, it was good. 
I'd say it was my least favourite of the five issues of actual Hawkeye. Um, again, I thought Polito's art isn't bad, it's just not for me. Um, yeah. I don't know. But there is there is a panel here. Oh, God, I already said the best panel in the volume was Naked Hawkeye Jumping. Okay, this is the second... My second favourite panel. Um, as you can see, I didn't read all of this in one one go, and so I'd clearly forgotten that I'd written I've written best panel in the volume twice. So they're joint first. Let's make it everyone's a winner. They're joint first. It's a silhouette of Hawkeye firing an arrow into a window. I think it would look great on my wall. Displate if you're out there. Um, make that, please. We do get an answer as to what was on the tape. Um, I mean, I don't know whether to spoil it or not. I mean, I said I wouldn't. Oh, whatever. Um, it turns out Hawkeye didn't kill anyone. Which we, we see Kate watch the tape. And he's like, oh my god, Clint killed someone. And it, he didn't. It was all just a big plot to draw out a potential mole in S.H.I.E.L.D. We see the guy get killed by two arrows, one in each eye, and it made me think back to issue two, when Kate did this, and Clint made a comment about how they weren't dead. Um, either, you know, this guy was shot um, in the head with two, with two arrows, one in each eye socket, and that's because Clint didn't kill the guy, or either he lied to Kate, and Kate definitely killed those people back in issue two. Or maybe the arrows were CGI in the video. Again, perhaps being uh, stuck inside has driven me insane. I just thought it was funny that it was two arrows in the eye and he didn't kill this guy. But it's made it look like he did. Yeah, I'm just wittering on like a madman. Absolute madman. Uh, the issue, the volume, as I said at the beginning, ends with Young Avengers Presents number six. It's a post-Civil War story, so Kate Bishop is Hawkeye of the Young Avengers, Clint Barton is Ronin, yay. Um, I would say, if I was having someone tell me on a date that they'd want to be my friend rather than my lover, I would be grateful if Hawkeye busted in and interrupted, even if it was Clint Barton in the Hawkeye get-up and not the Hawkeye get-up. I think I did I say Hawkeye twice. Even if it was Clint Barton in his Ronin strange ninja costume and not his Hawkeye costume. Um, I'd much prefer that. But thinking about it, he doesn't actually wear most of these issues. He's in normal clothes. Which makes it, I think, stand out even more that he's dressed like some sort of theatrical ninja in um, in this. Uh, we get the first real interactions between Kate Bishop and Clint, um, and, a, and a kissing. There's a whole lot of kissing in this. I've never read Young Avengers, um, so I don't know if there's... I know they're teenagers and they're young, but goodness me, there's a kissing, kissing every other phase. There's kissing between um, Kate and Patriot, there's kissing between Kate and Speed, there's kissing between... No one else. I don't think there's any more kissing than that. But still, there's a lot of kissing. At least it just 
teenage angst, hormones and whatnot. Um, maybe I'm just jealous I didn't do that much kissing when I was a teenager. I grew into my looks. <laughs> uh, I like the cover drawn by Chim Chung, John Dell and Justin Ponsor. Um, it's, uh, it's like a Monday computer coloured um, Kate Bishop and then sort of classic Hawkeye pictures in the background. Um, yeah, that was good. The actual issue, I thought, just okay, slightly worse than fine. There was nothing awful particularly about it, but nothing stood out either. Again, maybe it's because I've never read Young Avengers, so I didn't know who Speed or Patriot are, and therefore I don't really care about any of the relationships they have with um, Kate Bishop or Hawkeye. Luke Cage is in it for half a second. So Spider-Man, actually. Um, it's fine. I can't say I'm particularly... After reading that, I want to go out and find those post-Civil War Young Avengers volumes. Maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll be eating my words. Um, but that being said, I did appreciate how Kate sneaks into the Avengers, the Avengers HQ, which sort of mirrored Clint many, many moons ago, doing pretty much the same thing. There's also a lot of the plot in that issue revolves around a picture of um, Cap Clint um, and the Maximoff twins, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Uh, it's like, oh, the classic, they were like, you know, look at it. And it's like, oh my, wow, they're all so young, these classic Avengers. Where's everybody else in that picture? What was like Thor and Iron Man? Were they on a mission? Were Hank and Janet in couple therapy? I mean, that wouldn't be out of their own possibility but where was everybody else why was it just those four I don't know I'd say you know I've only been a comics reader in probably my late teenage years so I haven't really gone back to those I think the oldest comic I own is Secret Wars not Secret Wars Secret War um, the original one um, so maybe I'm missing something maybe those four were the core of the group it just seemed a bit funny to me that none of the other Avengers were in this picture. Um, but yeah, that's Hawkeye, Volume 1, My Life as a Weapon. Um, according to comicbookresources.com at the time, one of the best and most interesting superhero books on stands. So, if you don't trust me, trust them. There's also a review from iFanboy on the back, simply gorgeous to behold. So if you want to listen to a comic book podcast that's actually good, I would uh, listen to them. I listen to them. Um, there's over 700 episodes. So if you want a podcast to listen to while you're stuck in lockdown, hours, hours and hours of content for you there. Over a decade, over a decade's worth of uh, comic book podcasting. Um, yeah, it's, a particularly, it's not a particularly long volume. It's not this episode particularly long, but it's good. Quality, not quantity. That's what we've got here. Even though I said two of them were fine. But those first three, those David Arger ones, are stand out. So they hold up the fineness of the rest of it. Um, I thought I'd end by talking about, as we're stuck in lockdown, any, some superhero multimedia that I have consumed since recording the last one of these. 
and I subscribe to Disney Plus and I watch Spider-Man Unlimited all 13 episodes of it and boy oh boy was that an experience so I think last year when I was doing my masters in London I watched um, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon the one with the uh, Joe Perry theme tune I like that series a lot I think that's the one when I think Spider-Man, I think of some Spider-Man. When I think of the Kingpin. I think of that Kingpin. When I think of Spider-Man's voice, that's what I think of. Um, this is sort of a sequel to that, in the loosest possible way. Doing some research since watching it, it was made by the people that make Power Rangers, and there was a lot of back and forth between Marvel and Saban. Saban, the Power Rangers people. A lot of back and forth between Marvel and the Power Rangers people about what the series could include. Clearly not much. Um so it revolves around J. Jonah Jameson J Jonah Jameson's son finding an alternate earth on the other side of the sun. Which doesn't make sense to me because the Earth unless they are, you know, opposite so as one moves you know they both move um, um, in synchronicity so you can never see the other one on the other side of the sun maybe that's it but he finds it and there's some sort of warp gate up in space that they use um, and then Spider-Man goes after him after some venom and carnage mishaps and it turns out that the high evolutionary is there and he's created sort of a race of living animals and human beings are like a third uh, are like a a lower class of citizen um yeah it's it's weird it's really weird and i wouldn't say it's weird in a good way either but if you're really bored and want 13, 20 or so minute episodes of something, Spider-Man, there's that. Did quite like the theme tune, though. So, yeah, you know. Oh, and the suit. I like the suit. It had a cape, which I thought was strange at first, but I think I warmed to it. It looks a bit like the Spider-Man 2099 suit, um, but it's not that. It's a suit he stole from Reed Richards. Um, yeah. Spider-Man Unlimited. Watch it if you want. If not, you're not missing much. I think that's all I have to say for episode four of Pitch You Shouldn't Read. I think probably next next uh, episode, probably back to Batman, Batman Volume 7. That came in the post recently. Um, and the Joker is back. Yay, after three volumes of him not being in it, he's back. Hip, hip, hooray, everybody. Um, so, I've been the PhD student. This has been PhD Student Reads, Episode 4. Um, keep well!